And somebody said, well, they call you elder. I said, I'm the oldest guy around here. What do you think? <laughs> but, uh, oh, good. Recording. Uh, welcome you here today. And uh, also uh, to our online people. i got to get used to this. We don't have online in Radcliffe right now. But uh, welcome you all. And I uh, hope you enjoy the service today. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I, I don't know, I think the uh, praise team is trying to give me a hint. They only did two songs today. You guys usually do three. I think they're trying to say I'm long-winded. Uh, but, uh, hmm. All right, Sister Jessica. I know that was your doing. So, when I get done today, you can all leave except for Jessica. She has to stay an extra ten minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. All righty. Um, we are... Continuing in the neighbors uh, theme from last week, and it'll go a couple more weeks, and uh, we're going to be talking about who your neighbors are and how do I love. How do I love is our title today, and um, we are going to be talking about our neighbors. Um, now, this can mean a lot of different people as far as neighbors, and so you have to think sometimes outside the box. Uh, but whenever you really think about it, it's not just your next door neighbors. Although, to be very, very truthful about it, uh, your next door neighbors are a good example of who you should be uh, showing love to. Uh, there are a lot of different ways to do that. You know, you don't want to be like the guy who got married and he was been married about 40 years. And his wife said, you know what? You told me you loved me when we got married, but you haven't said it since. He said, well, if it changes, I'll let you know. And uh, that's the way some people are. Uh, they, don't, they never show it, and they don't say it. And uh, so I find today a lot of people say, I love you, but they don't necessarily mean it. And uh, love is not uh, something that we say. Love is something that we do. Right. Love is action. And so what you do for your neighbors, even your next-door neighbors. Now, you don't have to be as bad as I am with my next-door neighbors. I'm, I'm fighting, the I did it last year, and I'm fighting the resistance this year to go over and unhook his hose from his house so it don't freeze up and bust. But uh, <laughs> he's a young guy. I fixed his fence when it fell down. I washed the side of his house because I see it all the time, and he don't. <laughs> and uh, in the wintertime, uh, I always had snow days, and so... I'd take the snow blower and go blow everybody's driveway around me, especially the ones who didn't have anybody else to do it. And uh, so you just kind of reach out and do things. And I, I, did, I forgot, I studied earlier in the week, and then I caught myself stopping on our street today. Somebody moved out, and they had a big pile of trash out there in their trash can, and they picked it all up, but the trash can's laying on its side almost in the street. I thought, nobody else is going to go pick up that trash can. <laughs> I might as well pick it up and put it back at their house. Uh, why? Because you want to show favor to the people around you. You want to not just say things to them, but you want to show them. And so today, uh, we're going to continue this series and talking about where uh, our love comes from. The Bible says God is love. God is love. Romans 5.5 5 says, And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto you. And so we have to realize that our love comes from God. And that uh, when we have His Holy Ghost inside of us, 
then we are able to truly reach out and love people like they should be loved. There's a lot of people that make it hard to love them. <laughs> Uh, when people keep making the same mistake over and over and it affects you, it's hard to continue to love them. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're probably not doing a very good job of it. But with the Holy Ghost, you should allow the Holy Ghost to lead you and guide you in the ways that you can show your love to that person. doesn't mean you condone what they're doing, but you still can love them in spite of the sin because that's what Jesus did for us. And so if we truly have the love of God shed abroad in our heart through the Holy Ghost, then we have to ask ourselves, then how do I love? How do I love? Mark 12.30 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And so we must uh, totally love God with everything we have, because we have the Holy Ghost. So we can truly love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And so first, you must love God. It's not hard to love God. <laughs> when you think of all that He's done for you. All the blessings that you've had in your life. Everything that comes your way. And on top of that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so we have that great opportunity to have that love in us. The love of God. And that's what makes it possible for us to love others. And it should make it possible for us to love ourselves. Now many times there are people today who love themselves too much, but there are others who don't really love themselves. And until you learn to love yourself because Jesus loved you, you're not going to be able to show that love to others. You may feel you're not worthy, but whenever you get the Holy Ghost, you are worthy. You are worthy. Maybe the, a lot of things in your past or background or whatever, maybe uh, you don't love yourself the way you should. Maybe you were put down a lot. You were not uh, praised by your parents or helped by other people. And I, I feel bad for people that, that grow up that way. I really do. I hate to see situations where the parents don't show any love to their kids. And worse than that, when they don't do anything to show love to their kids. Uh, it's not just saying it, but it's also doing things, you know. Those who go ahead and go to work every day to provide for their families, that's a way of showing how much you love them. Now, when they're little, they may not understand that that too well, but as they grow older, they'll figure it out. And so we still have to go ahead and do things and show the love of God that He has given to us. So we have to show how much we love God because of what He's done for us and for what He's going to do. You know, if you've uh, been born again, you're on your way to heaven. So it shouldn't be hard to love God when you realize that He has given you the opportunity for eternal life and down here, life more abundantly. And so uh, you have to learn yourself, learn to love yourself in order to love others correctly. John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine but the fathers which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And so the Holy Ghost can teach us all things. It can teach us how to love ourselves, it can teach us how to love Him, and it can teach us how to love our neighbors. And, uh, you know, you just have to 
stop and think about what God has done for you and then you have some idea of what it'd be good for you to do for your neighbors. And I, I know there's some neighbors that's going to be harder to love than others. There's no doubt about that. There have been times in my life that I wasn't too happy with my neighbors. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, I didn't do too much bad about it. I remember one, oh, one small incident <laughs> uh, with, with my neighbors. Um, there was another guy, uh, another family lived right next to us when I was growing up. And uh, one son was a year older than I was, and the other son was a year younger. And so uh, the older one uh, died at 16. He fell off a cliff at a park. Uh, but the younger ones, we were, uh, uh, his younger brother, we, we did a lot together. And then our neighbor on the other side of me, he was a little younger. But we were over at our school one day, our elementary school, and we were playing. And uh, uh, my one friend climbed up on top of the school building, was throwing rocks at us. And we were throwing rocks back up at him. And before we knew it, here come the police. <laughs> well, me and the one on the ground took off and they didn't catch us. <laughs> one on the roof couldn't get down fast enough. <laughs> And so, uh, as we're, me and my, the other guys trying to get back home, here comes a cop car with our friend in it, him pointing us out to the cop. And uh, so, he picked us up and took us home and went to my one neighbor first and told his mom and went to my other neighbor and told his mom, knocked on my door, my sister answers the door. Yes, officer, I'll make sure I tell them they're sleeping right now, I'll, 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 I'll let them know. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> But about a week later, one of the neighbors said, so what did you think about the police ring? <laughs> uh, so I got me and my sister in trouble then. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I have to say, I had a little grudge against that neighbor for a while. <laughs> uh, because it was much rougher after they found out what had happened. And so uh, we, we have to overcome those things, though, that are not good in our, in our situation with our neighbor. And there's just, you know... We drove by pastor's house yesterday and there's trash all over the front yard of the neighbor next door when the dog got into the trash can and strewn all over the yard and it's still laying there two or three days later probably laying there a week or so and uh so sometimes your neighbor makes it hard to love you but you still have to go ahead and love them anyway and uh jasmine told us sometimes she'd been tempted to help them out a little bit but <laughs> And so we see that, you know, it, it's, we don't automatically, you know, it, some people think we're all born good and, you know, we just know. We have that fallen nature in us. So we have to be taught really how to love. We, we don't really come to that on our own. It's best if we have an example of it living in front of us and not just telling us, but also showing us. And so uh, you, can, you can have an excuse. You didn't know how to love people. You didn't do that before you come to God. But once you come to God... The Holy Ghost can teach you those things. Uh, Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have shown toward His name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And so to me, this is one of my favorite verses because people forget people forget what you do for them. They, they don't remember a lot of times because they don't acknowledge it. And... Uh, that's okay, though, because God doesn't forget. Whatever you do, God does not forget. But He does call it a labor of love. Labor means you've got to work at it. It doesn't just come easy. You, you have to do something, and you have to realize that, yeah, it's a little harder than you thought. And so when you run into someone that you're having a hard time with, just remember it's a labor of love. It's a labor of love. It says that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. 
Guess what? Everybody in here is your neighbor. They're saints. And so they're your neighbors. And so if you can't show love to them, even like Tyresha, if you can't show love to her, then, you know, <laughs> I know she makes it difficult once in a while. <laughs> I could pick up my granddaughter. <laughs> you know, it, it, sometimes we, if we can't show love to the saints, we're going to have a hard time showing it to the people in the world. Right. We really are. I, sometimes I think we're supposed to practice on the saints to figure out how to do it right and then use it on our neighbors who may not be saved yet. But we, we've got to, we don't just say things, we also do things. And uh, it always helps. It always helps when you do things. They may or may not acknowledge it right away, but, you know, you still have to do it. Uh, you know, we, uh, we have a lot of good examples here, people who help each other and, and do things for each other and I know a number of people helped Josh and Jessica get their house going here, uh, <laughs> painting and all that stuff, helping them out. And it's because they're family, because they're saints, they're our neighbors. We want to help them out uh, doing things. And a lot of other situations that we have in the church, people helping other, each other out. Uh, and so that's, that's what it's all about because really, the Bible says if you can't love your brother whom you have seen, how can you love God whom you haven't seen? And so if you're not showing love uh, to your neighbor in the church, you're going to be in trouble <laughs> with your neighbors outside of the church. And so uh, <clears throat> our willingness and capacity to care for others and will grow naturally out of our walk with God. The longer we walk with God, the better we should be loving. It's called a, a labor of love because it's something we all have to work at. It doesn't come easy for anybody. It may appear to be easier for some than others, but it's not necessarily easier. Uh, Work at loving God, work at loving ourselves, and work at loving our neighbors. And so, uh, have to ask ourselves the question, how do I love? Can you think of anything right now? Can you think of an example right now of how you have shown your love to someone? Uh, and not just your spouse. See, it's easy for Josh to really love Jessica, because she's a good person. Most of the time, anyway. But. <laughs> It's, you know, whenever they're, they're a really good, easygoing person, it's, it's not too hard. But those, uh, those ones that are a little bit stubborn, uh, it makes it a little more difficult. <laughs> but we can do it. We can do it. And so uh, and the good thing about the stubborn ones is once, once you win them over to the Lord, they make good, stubborn people for God. <laughs> and so uh, we have to uh, understand how we love. Again, not just saying it. Not just saying it. You know, we're, we're going to have fun this next year watching Archie and Michelle figure this out. <laughs> they thought they loved each other until the wedding day, and then, and now they're learning each other. They're learning to love. And we're going to have to pray for Archie because it's a labor. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alrighty, we'll get back spiritual again here. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 and uh, beginning in verse 16, starting with walking in the Spirit. 
Uh, verse 16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you do not do the things you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And so, uh, if you have received Acts 2.38 salvation, then uh, you have experienced uh, the love of God. And therefore, you have power over your flesh. It doesn't mean you can't do anything wrong. It means that now when you start to do something wrong, the Holy Ghost will guide you and teach you, no, you don't want to go that way. You, you don't want to do that anymore. Before, you were just, okay, you know, whatever. But once you have the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God helps you to know when you're going the wrong direction. It helps you to walk in the way, walk in His Spirit. That's what it means by walking in the Spirit. It's following the leading and guiding of the Spirit. You know? Uh, and you have to make sure that you continue to walk in the Spirit because you want to be an example to others to walk in the Spirit. And so, you know, somebody said, you know, you're not a leader if you're walking and nobody's following you. Uh, you're just taking a walk. <laughs> And so we have to be that example to others so that they will too know how to love. But it's the Holy Ghost that really makes the difference in our lives. It goes on in verse 19. Now the works, see, there's good works and bad works. The works of the flesh are evident, which are, so if you're doing any of these, it's your flesh. Don't try to make it spiritual. Uh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self-ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Uh, this is out of the New King James Version. Verse 21, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you're doing those things, you are not walking after the Spirit. You're not following the leading of the Spirit. And if you're not following the leading of the Spirit, you're going to have trouble loving like you should love. And you're going to have trouble loving yourself. <laughs> because when you do the wrong things, then you're, you're not happy with yourself either. And you definitely can't tolerate hardly anything else than anybody else. And so, uh, we don't want to walk after the flesh. We want to walk after the Spirit. Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, or goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. It's always right to have the fruit of the Spirit. It's always right to show that love of God, to be long-suffering, to be kind. Uh, see these little signs around town sometimes? Be kind. Be kind. And uh, you hope they are. <laughs> our, our one neighbor has a sign out. They have, um, they have a bunch of cats that they have outside. And so the speed limit on our street is 15 miles an hour. And they have signs out in their yard, two or three signs. They have a flashing yellow light that says, keep the speed limit. They have another one that says, uh, uh, don't, not to break the law, 15 miles an hour. He used to have a sign out that said, if you kill my cat, <laughs> uh, it won't be so good for you. I won't say the rest of it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but they are real particular about their cats. I mean, they set their food out on the sidewalk. <laughs> I'm thinking, what do you expect them to do? They're going to go on the street if you're putting food on the sidewalk. And they used to have a cat living across from them, so they just go back and forth across the street. And, and you know, they love their cats, but I don't know how much they really love their neighbors. 
Uh, they seem okay people, but I mean, you go by there over 15 miles an hour and they're sitting out on that porch, and if you look at them, you're going to get a dirty look. And then three or four times a year, they have the city bring out that flashing light that tells you when you're going over 15 miles an hour. And uh, they're, I mean, they're serious about it. And that's about cats. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not that crazy about cats. Uh, but if they have that much love for a cat, how much more should people of God have love for one another and love for the lost? Uh, we, we have to realize that uh, if we walk in the Spirit, then we're being led by the Spirit. And verse 24 says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. The problem with trying to love others is if we become conceited or we provoke or we envy. It makes us harder to love somebody if we envy them. <laughs> and so uh, that's not where the Spirit's going to lead us in that direction. It's going to lead us in the other direction. And so again, we have to ask ourselves the question, how do I love? How do I love? Uh, if a tree is producing bad fruit, you can't just pluck off all the bad fruit and stick good fruit on the branches instead. Won't fix anything. Have you ever been uh, over somebody's house and they have that fruit basket on the table and it looks so good and you reach out and grab one and try to take a bite and it's a wax apple? <laughs> you, you can't stick good fruit on a bad tree and think it's going to be good. It doesn't matter what it is. That It doesn't fix anything to do that. The tree is the problem. The source is the problem. And in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 16, it says, Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. And he's talking about trees, but he's also talking about people. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Pretty strong. <laughs> you either bear good fruit or you're, you're cut down and thrown into the fire. Jesus is love. He wouldn't do that. Jesus walked by a fig tree that wasn't producing and cursed it because it wasn't producing. Why? Because it had put forth its leaves like it was producing, but when you got up close, there was no fruit there. And so he hates that hypocrisy to you to appear to be uh, having fruit but not having it. And so he, he cursed it. They come by the next day and it already withered. The disciples were amazed. <laughs> That's how serious he is about the fruit. And by the way, we're not fruit inspectors. God is the fruit inspector. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's not up to us to look somebody else and say, ah, they don't have the fruit here, they don't have the fruit there. Uh, guess what? You don't have some fruit either if you're worried about them. Uh, we can examine ourselves and we can go to God and let Him examine us. Uh, but we, we know when people are doing the, the works of the flesh that we read, we know, but we don't have to tell them. We don't have to come get down on them for it. We can tell them there's a better way. We can, we can try to lead them to God. But we, it doesn't help to just point it all out to them and, and uh, tell them how horrible they are because they're doing those things or be real shocked by it. You know, one of the things that I learned with my uh, behavior students that I work with was, you know, a lot of times it's good to ignore a lot of stuff. 
because they do a lot of stuff for attention. And so if you ignore it, they stop doing it. And it was really difficult with my first assistant. She hadn't been around kids like that before. And they would go off with a string of cuss words and she'd go, what did you say? And I said, no, don't, don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> uh, the kid would repeat it again louder. And so, uh, but if you ignore it, then they don't tend to use it over and over. And so, it, you know, any, any person that come in our room, if, they, if one of them were to cuss or do something wrong and they, uh, they pointed it out or opened their ah, what, 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 got real upset by it, oh man, they, they knew exactly what to do every time they came in the room. They would say the same thing again. Why? Because it worked before. And so we have to realize that that's, that's not the way we're supposed to be. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to ignore some of the things that other people, it's okay to, to give them direction in, in the word, but you can't just be, oh, you cussed in front of me. You know, the funny thing, talking about good and evil, it, I, it's so funny because when at school we would, uh, uh, sometimes we would have a, a parent meeting or another teacher this or that, and the principal would be involved and we'd be talking and stuff, and sometimes a parent would go off just cussing away. And my principal, the one I used to have anyway, she would say, uh, you know Mr. Dumb is a preacher? <gasps> oh! <laughs> like that was going to make the difference. <laughs> Uh, but it, it's just sad the way some people think that they can keep doing all these wrong things and yet they're good. Uh, and Jesus, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say it, it's okay the way you are. I just came to save you so I can let you be. No. Uh, he came and changed us. You know? In James 3.12 it says, Can a fig tree bear uh, olive berries? Either a vine figs? So can no uh, yield both salt water, no fountain can build salt water and fresh. You know, when you go to the water fountain, if one time you went it was fresh, the next time it was salt water, <laughs> you wouldn't trust that fountain, would you? You would not trust that fountain. It doesn't work that way. Whatever's supposed to come out is what's supposed to come out. If not, then it's not what you think it was. Verse 20 says, Wherefore by, your, by their fruits ye shall know them. And so, yes, we need, to, we need to realize if someone's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, that's someone we don't follow. The Holy Ghost lets us know that. that that's not someone to follow. If they're doing the works of the flesh, we reach out to them in love, but we don't follow them. Right. And so, uh, but again, it's not uh, in verse 21 here of Matthew 7. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, is, which is in heaven. And so it's not enough for us to say we love God. We have to show how we love God. And part of it is doing His will. Many say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Thy name, and in Thy name uh, have cast out devils, and in Thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So he's looking for our fruit. But if we're doing the wrong works, even if we're doing wonderful works, you still have to do His will. And God's good works alone will not get you into heaven. You must also do the will of God. What is the will of God? It is that all should be saved. God's not willing that any should perish, but that we'd all come to salvation. And so 
hearing his word and doing some good works in his name is not enough. They were casting out devils in his name. They were healing the sick in his name. He said, that's still not good enough. Jesus said, ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Whatsoever I command you. And so we have to realize that in order to really love and to show that love, we have to do what Jesus has commanded us to do. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was poured out, Peter stood up and gave the plan of salvation, Acts 2.38. He also preached the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8 and the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. In verse 48 of Acts chapter 10, after they had received the Holy Ghost, Cornelius House received the Holy Ghost, it says, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Also in Acts 19, uh, Paul preached that they should be baptized in the name of the Lord. So repentance, confessing the Lord, and even the Holy Ghost is not enough. We must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. If we're not, He doesn't really know us. He doesn't really know us. And I know today, not all brides take on the husband's name, but when it comes to the church, you got to take on His name to be a part of the bride. And a uh, long time ago, I preached a message called No Shacking Up With Jesus. Uh, <laughs> nope, you got to marry him. You got to get in the right way. You've got to do the right thing. Uh, we've got to be baptized. It's not just in the works. It's obedience and the works. Uh, and the, the works that we do, are, they don't save us. Jesus saves us. And because he saved us, we're able to do the right works. Uh, in John 15, 17, Jesus also commands us to love one another. He commands us. He doesn't ask us. doesn't suggest. He commands us to love one another. And so, uh, do you love your neighbor as you love yourself? Uh, so, what is the next step after this message today? Of course, you come up the question, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And... Uh, a young man had this situation, a lawyer, uh, wanted eternal life in Luke chapter 10. And uh, he asked this question whenever Jesus told him what to do and that he need to love his neighbors himself. And then he told him, you know, give, give uh, what you have to the poor. Uh, he wasn't able to do that. He wasn't happy about that. And so he says to Jesus, who is my neighbor? You know, who is my neighbor? And... Uh, Sometimes I find it's interesting that we ask God questions like he might not know. <laughs> he always knows. We're the one who don't know. And so uh, he tells him the parable of the Good Samaritan. How a man had been robbed and beaten and the, the priest goes by and doesn't do anything and the Levite goes by and doesn't do anything and then the Samaritan, who really shouldn't have anything to do with the Jew according to the Jews, picks him up, picks him up, take him, takes care of him. And Jesus says, that's your neighbor. That's your neighbor. The answer pretty much anybody you come in contact with can be your neighbor. If you have an opportunity to do something good towards them, then that's who you need to do it towards. It's not going to be just your next door neighbors that you live with. It's also going to be your next door neighbors at work. It's going to be your next door neighbor any place you, you know, anybody who's around you, anybody you come in contact with is someone that you can reach out to and try to show them the fruit of the Spirit and help them to realize that Jesus died for them so that they can have His love shed abroad in their hearts like you do. That's the thing that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, how do you show them love? Do you love others enough to witness to them? 
Do you love others enough to witness to them? Do you love your neighbor enough to teach him a Bible study? You know, you may not always be able to get them to come out to church, but are you willing to at least teach them a Bible study? Are you doing anything to help someone, someone else be saved? We have to ask ourselves these questions because uh, it answers the question, how do I love? I love by the things that I do for God. And winning my neighbors is one of the ways that I live for God. Now, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that doing these things is going to make all your, everybody you come in contact with is going to be saved. You know better than that. But it leaves them without an excuse. You were an example of the love of God to them. And so on Judgment Day, when they want to say, I didn't know. Well, you live next door to so-and-so all this time. They did this for you. They did that for you. But still, you didn't respond. So you had your chance. You had your chance. And so, uh, whatever, re whatever the reasons are you find for not loving God and others spiritually right now, what's that compared to eternity? What's that compared to eternity? We have to realize that, that loving God and loving ourselves and loving other people is so important. It's what Jesus is all about. That's why he was so special. That's why he was so different than anybody else. You don't really talk about, uh, nobody talks about the love of Confucius. Nobody talks about the love of Buddha. You know, they might have been pretty good men, but they, they weren't anything close to Jesus. And Jesus wasn't just a teacher. But they said, never a man spake like this man. You know, in the Garden of Eden, when they come to take him, they asked if he was Jesus, I am. They fell back on the ground. Nobody else liked Jesus. And so whenever he says, look, I died on the cross and gave up the ghost so you could have the Holy Ghost poured out on the day of Pentecost and all the way up to today. You have the opportunity to have my love in you. And just we, there's no way we're ever going to be able to fathom all the love of God. But it, it makes us think and realize that you know, he didn't, you know, for us to do something or to lay down our life for a friend uh, is, would be a really big deal. But he laid down his life for it, us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. That is the best love you can have. That's the best love you can have. All right, let's stand together. You have to stop and think. What question? How do I love? How do I love my neighbor? How do I love my family? How do I love my friends? First one you got to get right though is how do I love God? How do I show my love to God? Well, he's invisible. I can't really do much for him. Then do it to others. Do it to others. Do it to the ones that you can see. Oh. Pastor's on FaceTime with us. Uh, Pastor, I'm, I'm done. Five minutes early, so I'm done. <laughs> oh, boy. All righty. Well, I'm going to have... Oh, I wish that's good. Uh, so, Jessica, I got done. <laughs> and uh, I, I was going to have her play it, but I won't. But last week after the service, Tiffany played one of my favorite songs by David and the Giants called Do You Love Your Neighbor? 
One of the lines says, do you drive a beat up, do you drive a Cadillac while well, he drives a beat up Ford? And uh, sometimes we have to think of that in those terms and realize that uh, God has been so good to us and we need to show that to others. Uh, not just the ones immediately around us, but uh, all others. And so we have to continue to ask ourselves, who is my neighbor and what can I do? How can I show my love to those who are around me? What can I do for God? What can I reach out and do? Who can I talk to about God today? That's the important thing. So this time I want you to come or kneel down and pray someplace and ask yourself that question. What more can I do for the Lord this week? How can I do things different this week than I did last week to show the love of God to somebody? All right, let's pray.